Cześć Orzełki, tu Viola i Marcin. Uczymy się angielskiego poprzez naturalną konwersację i słuchanie. Jeśli chcielibyście czytać w trakcie słuchania, zapraszamy na stronę naturalnyangielski.com, gdzie znajdziecie transkrypcję i tłumaczenia wszystkich odcinków. Marcin, have you ever been nervous about practicing your language skills in front of native speakers of that language? Absolutely. Actually, not just that, but in front of other immigrant kids as well in my ESL class in high school. For those who don't know, ESL stands for English as a Second Language, and I think every single high school in America offers it, just because there are so many immigrants all over the country whose native language is not English. Yeah, we've all been there. It's a pretty natural feeling. Now that you're fluent in English and you interact with people who are still learning and who are self-conscious about their speaking abilities, what would you say to someone who is nervous about how they sound and whether they say everything correctly? No one really cares, so don't be nervous. I don't think I've ever been ridiculed or embarrassed by someone who was a native English speaker. People may politely correct you or say that they don't understand something, and that's fine. You just keep learning and do a little better next time. Many times I've heard someone jokingly say, well, your English is better than my Polish, because they understood that learning a new language is not easy. I agree. No one really cares, especially if the person you're speaking with knows you're learning. No one you're having a conversation with is going to laugh at you. No one is hoping you fail. I will go as far as to say that most people you speak with want you to succeed. They want to have a clear conversation with you and help you articulate your thoughts. There are many people in America who aren't fluent in English, especially in bigger cities, that it doesn't strike anyone as odd to hear a foreign accent or broken English. As long as people know what you're trying to say, your English is considered good enough. Also, in standard, daily conversations, no one is waiting to catch you in a slip-up or waiting to correct you Although, maybe you wish they did. Our mom would always say to us, please correct me if I'm saying anything incorrectly or mispronouncing words because I want to learn. And honestly, I think that's the perfect attitude to have. Sometimes we may not even realize we're making mistakes in our speech until someone points it out to us. Of course, You may not want a stranger on the street to correct your grammar, but hopefully you trust your friends and family to help you out occasionally. Personally, I respect those who are smart enough to know that they don't know everything and at the same time are very curious about many things. It is no coincidence that the listeners of this podcast are very smart people. Speaking of varying levels of English, I'm aware that anyone who takes English in school anywhere in Europe uses what's called the Common European Framework of Reference for Languages, or CEFR, established in 2001, I believe, to indicate how proficient their language skills are. 
I only know of this framework because I have a certification to teach English, but before this year, I have never even heard of CEFR. Have you? No, I haven't. I think you mentioned it to me recently, but I was not aware of it before. Right. Americans are not familiar with this structure of grading. Therefore, if someone mentions his or her C1 or A1 level to me, I would have to look up the full meaning of it. I don't have an opinion on CEFR. I can't tell you what I think of it because I just don't know much about it. Only those who studied English in Europe in the last 20 years know what it is. I would say we generally only use three skill levels in America. Beginner, intermediate, and advanced or proficient. Would you agree? Yes. You could also say that you write and speak at a native level, and that would be the highest proficiency level. If I am not mistaken, the three skill levels that you are referring to are also used to describe the TOEFL proficiency levels, which stands for Test of English as a Foreign Language. When we were applying to colleges, we were not required to take this test because we were learning everything in English. But if your primary language of instruction is other than English, then you would have to take this test before applying to college or graduate school in an English-speaking country. I do feel like there are subtle ways in which we can tell how well someone speaks English just by hearing the person say one or two sentences. Now, we're not judging the person's abilities at all. We're talking about being able to gauge where they are on their language learning journey by some of the small errors they make. I'll tell you the four things that always jump out at me. These are errors that native speakers don't make, but English learners sometimes do. Number one, correct usage of the or the. Number two, correct usage of a or a in place of the. Number three, knowing when to put an S at the end of a word, especially a verb. And four, when to use do and does. And same goes for don't and doesn't. The first and second one go hand in hand. We use the definite article the when referring to someone or something specific. We use the indefinite article a or an when referring to someone or something that is general. To be fair, these are tricky because we don't use such articles in Polish. So I would say... I heard the dog barking when I know which dog I'm referring to. Maybe I went to a friend's house, rang the doorbell, and heard the dog barking. Maybe I'm familiar with the dog. I know one lives in that house, or I see it. If I said, I heard a dog barking, most likely I'm looking around to see where the barking is coming from. I'm not familiar with the dog and maybe I wasn't expecting to hear it. Then we have one that I think is the easiest to fix, which is adding the S at the end of verbs when referring to the third person. He want this or he want to go is only missing one letter to be correct, but if this is how you speak, it makes you sound like you're struggling with your English. The correct way, of course, to say this would be he wants this or he wants to go. 
Lastly, a similar rule goes to don't and doesn't. Instead of saying incorrectly, he don't want to go, say he doesn't want to go. And it makes a world of difference in how your English skills come across. Maybe you're listening to this thinking, this is some pretty basic stuff. Doesn't everyone already know this? But you'd be surprised at how often people get these basics wrong in conversation. Again, it's okay to get it wrong if you're learning, but I would pay extra close attention to these details when hoping to sound more native. There are, of course, common mistakes native speakers make, and we'll dedicate a future episode focusing on that. Oh, yeah. We could do an entire episode on irregardless, so don't even get me started. Let's move on to maybe some tips on how to understand cultural references or pick up on pronunciations. Normally, I wouldn't suggest listening to movies and TV shows because most of the time, scripted dialogue doesn't always sound the same as natural dialogue. But... Lots of our conversations with friends will at some point include quotes or movie references. If you're trying to truly understand a native speaker, it would help to understand their interests. I wouldn't suggest using movie references to learn English, but to connect with people and pick up on pronunciations instead. Even if you've seen a particular movie dubbed or with subtitles, try watching it in its original language. One movie that is a good example of this is Mean Girls. I think that all American millennial women have seen Mean Girls, and although this movie came out in 2004, can you believe it? So long ago. My friends and my coworkers will still say things like, on Wednesdays, we were pink, or you can't sit with us. Or, stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. We don't just say these things randomly. We use them in context. For example, if one of my friends, who's a mom, tells me she allowed her kids to stay up late last night, I'll use the line that references Amy Poehler's character and say, you're not like a regular mom. You're a cool mom. (laughs) There's also that one meme that gets shared every single year in which Lindsay Lohan's character is sitting in class and her crush turns to her to ask her a question. The meme says, on October 3rd, he asked me what day it was. It's October 3rd. Classic. So many classic lines in that movie. People often randomly yell out, she doesn't even go here. When they want to disagree with someone speaking, especially when that person doesn't fit in and says something random or out of context. I can go on and on. I don't know if I should. But last one I'll mention is, raise your hand if you've ever been personally victimized by Regina George. This one becomes a fill in the blank. Raise your hand if you've ever been personally victimized by dot dot dot. You know, whatever you want to talk about. Okay, wait, I lied. That wasn't the last one. The last one is, you go, Glenn Coco. And we say this in a positive affirmation way, just like we'd say, you go, girl. Anyway, thank you for that gem, Tina Fey. What movies or shows do you think are referenced often? 
One classic movie that comes to mind is Princess Bride, where one character says, you keep using that word, I do not think it means what you think it means. That's a funny phrase that people use in real life situations. And of course you have The Simpsons, me fail English? That's impossible. Or Seinfeld, it's not a lie if you believe it. Oh, Seinfeld is a must. Also, I'm pretty sure I learned English by watching Friends. Other American movies that get mentioned in casual conversations, I would say, are pretty much any Will Ferrell movie, The Avengers, and I would also add Star Wars to that list. The fourth day in May, May 4th, has become known as Star Wars Day because of the play on words it has with the phrase, May the Force be with you. For TV shows, I'd say The Office, Parks and Recreation, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and Schitt's Creek, although I know this one is actually Canadian. Well, this has been fun. We should do more of these types of episodes as there are some newer Netflix shows that I think we could do a deep dive on. Thank you for tuning in. Please write me any questions or comments at viola at naturalneangielski.com. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time. Later. Later.